Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is our 671st day together. We're back in Isaiah for Isaiah chapter 3. We've got some good refreshing water. Sometimes it's good to just drink a little water. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help. Father, thank you for Isaiah, this wonderful book. And uh, it's been a privilege to be preaching in it on Sunday morning and to be going back to some chapters that we were in a while ago uh, on Sunday morning and to be revisiting them here in these daily devotions. We pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us through Isaiah 3 today and we write it on our hearts and help us to live it and uh, to respond in faith to you through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Isaiah chapter 3. For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply, all support of bread and all support of water, the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the man of rank, the counselor and the skilled magician and the expert in charms. And I will make boys their princes and infants shall rule over them. And the people will oppress one another, everyone his fellow and everyone his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder and the despised to the honorable. For a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader, and this heap of ruins shall be under your rule. In that day he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You shall not make me leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. My people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, your guides mislead you, and they've swallowed up the course of your paths. The Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge the peoples. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord God of hosts. The Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantonly with their eyes, mincing along as they go, tinkling with their feet, therefore the Lord will strike them with a scab. The heads of the daughters of Zion and the Lord will lay bare their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets, the headbands, the crescents, the pennants, the bracelets, the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes and the amulets, the signet rings and nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks, the handbags, the mirrors, the linen garments, the turbans and the veils. Instead of perfume, there will be rottenness. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness, and instead of a rich robe, a skirt of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty, 
Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty men in battle, and her gates shall lament and mourn empty. She shall, she, uh, she shall sit on the ground. Tongue twister there at the end. That is Isaiah chapter 3. The main message of Isaiah chapter 3 is, of course, of coming judgment against Judah and Jerusalem because of their persistent idolatry that we heard about a couple days ago in Isaiah chapter 2. But specifically, the forms that this judgment will take. The first part of the chapter focuses on the fact that in judgment there will be no leadership. So one of the stages of unfolding judgment is a removal of any kind of competent leadership over the people. And then the second is very extreme poverty. So economic disaster and collapse. So a lack of good leadership and economic disaster and collapse. Uh, it, it's easy. It's just right there in front of us, the application that we can draw to American society in 2023. There's, there's a lack of competent leadership, right? Have you looked around and said, these politicians, these elected officials, are these the best of us? Are these the best leaders we can get? Because boy, oh boy, they don't seem to know which way is up. They don't seem to have any humility, any wisdom, any strength of character, any integrity, like none of them, <laughs> it seems like, right? And they're just, they're just given into uh, greed and self-service. That's actually like earlier stages of that. So, so the way that judgment tends to unfold in scripture. So there's, there's prosperity, there's abundance, there's wealth. We saw that in Isaiah chapter two, you know, the land is full of silver and gold and horses and chariots and the leaders are corrupt and the leaders are self-serving and the leaders are just fattening themselves. But then there's a removal of all competent leadership. There's no longer any good leadership. There's no longer anyone who is stepping up and saying, yes, I will lead us. And there's economic collapse. That prosperity just falls in on itself because it's a house of cards. You know, like a country that's $30 trillion in debt and is adding $2 trillion a year as the interest rates go up. And it's just like, how is this going to be sustainable? That kind of a thing, right? Like I said, it's so easy to see this. But then we need to check ourselves a little bit. Because while that, I think, is very easy to see, what is... A little bit harder to see, but that we also need to see is that the message in Isaiah that is for Judah and Jerusalem is for the church first, for the people of God first. So within the church, the visible church, the church that we see in the world, is there good leadership? Hmm. Is there integrity and, you know, competent, capable leadership? Is there faithfulness? Or is there sort of a desperation as things seem to be falling apart and no one seems to have really good answers? Has there been a trusting in our wealth and a pursuit of the things of the world? Are there leaders who are the most well-known and the most highly acclaimed by the masses because they're rich and because they're enriching themselves in prosperity, and yet there's really a vacuum of competent, qualified, capable, godly leadership to lead the people in the way that we should go according to the Word of God, not just telling itching ears what they want to hear so you can sell a lot of books and get a lot of people to send you money, but real leadership 
is that they are among God's people. And I think we have to be honest and say, mm, not so much. And the idolatry that we see in the world, we see also in the church. And so we just need to be honest and we need to say, this is a call for us to repent. It's a call for us to make sure that we are following the Lord, that we are following the Lord. Now, there is a promise right here in the middle of all these woes, right? It's a little shining sparkle of light in a sea of darkness. And that is verse 10. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. If we will be faithful to King Jesus, if we will stay loyal to him and his cause and his kingdom, not getting caught up in worldly idolatry, not following after the agendas of the world, but worshiping, fearing, proclaiming, following, serving King Jesus and his people and his cause, his gospel and his mission, it'll be well with us. God will take care of us. Even in the midst of judgment, God is able to take care of his own. But woe to the wicked, for it shall be ill with them. So, those who are haughty, those who are arrogant, those who are puffed up with pride, those who are seducing people in their puffed up pride. And I, you know, forgive me, but I can't help but think of the Kardashians and people like that. Like people who are just like wealthy, ostentatious, seductive, flaunting. <laughs> the Lord will strike with a scab and they'll be exposed. And he's going to take away, look at all these things he's going to take away in verse 18 and 19. He's going to take away the fire, finery of the anklets, the headbands, the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets, the scarves, the headdresses, the armless, all these trappings of, what are they trappings of? Wealth and beauty of an external and worldly sense. Gone. Your perfume's going to be rottenness. Instead of belt, you're going to have a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. Why? Because you mocked God and you led his people astray or you oppressed his people. It's a sobering word and it's a word for the church. First, yes, it also applies to the world. It's a call to repentance, but it's also an encouragement in the midst of it. Right there in verse 10, right sort of in the middle of the chapter is an encouragement to say, tell the righteous it will be well with them. Because all those who belong to King Jesus and who hide themselves in him, have nothing to fear. Our judgment was already taken by Jesus on the cross, and God knows how to care for his own. The very hairs on our head are numbered, as we heard yesterday in Luke 12. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word and for the encouragement and blessing it is to us. Help us to walk in faithfulness to King Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, that's Luke 3. Tomorrow, guess what? Luke 4. That's right. On to the next one. Um, as our regular pattern, two Old Testament chapters and then the New Testament and then two Old Testament. And so back to Isaiah 4 tomorrow. Have a blessed day in the Lord.